Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. One, two, one, two. Chances are, if you've driven around Vermont, you've had this experience. I'm in Fairfax driving on 104. You're winding through small towns and villages, mostly surrounded by farmland. And then, all of a sudden, you see a big yellow sign. Oh, there it is. It's a pretty standard-looking box, I guess. Kind of maroon on the outside. This Dollar General store in Fairfax is brand new. It just opened up in October. When I stop by, it's about two weeks before Christmas. There are nearly a dozen cars in the parking lot, but inside the store, it's practically silent. It's like too quiet, like way too quiet. This store is far from the only Dollar General in the state. As of today, there are 37 Dollar General stores in Vermont. And if you've been inside one, you know the shelves are stocked with an assortment of items. All right, so I'm walking around the Dollar General, seeing what they've got. And whether you're in the northern part of the state, like I am... Or more southerly, like I am... You're going to find pretty much the same stuff. We've got a Christmas decorations. Here's a stocking with a Batman logo on it. Wrapping paper. A lot of paper supplies. A lot of cleaning supplies. Big shelf full of paper towels. Here's rows of... Juice and coffee. Picture, picture frames, frames. Aluminum trays. $5 candles. Measuring cups for $4. $45 fake Christmas tree. Dish soap. Lots of dollar deals. Toothbrushes, toothpaste. And in the cat food aisle. Dog treats. And dog, dog food. food. Toys. Some big signs say DG Deals. Look at this. And what I'm looking at is lemon bleach. For folks like Pat Douglas, it's that variety, plus the prices, that bring him to this Dollar General in Johnson. But yeah, I shop here all the time. It's about 3 p.m. when I meet him. He's just off work, and he's here to pick up some coffee. Oh, we ain't got the big ones. Oh, no, they do. $7.50. Yep. You go up to the store, it's $10. So I just saved $2.50. He heads over to the register and chats with the store clerk. Douglas is the kind of guy who seems to just know everyone. For Douglas, the appeal of Dollar General is pretty simple. It's more affordable than the other market in town. I got three kids and, you know, and a wife, and she works part-time. and So if I can save $40 just coming here shopping twice a week, that's $80 a week I'm saving. Seems like perhaps Dollar General's game plan involves going into those towns that don't have big chain grocery stores and putting up shops right next to them. This is Danielle Dragalis, our question asker. Danielle lives in Swanton with her family, which includes three kids and a whole menagerie of animals. Three cats, five chickens, dog, hamster, turtle. Yes, I think that's everything. Danielle is not a regular Dollar General shopper, but she's been inside. I remember I had to pick up a couple picture frames real quick and I was driving by one and I stopped in. She says she became interested in the store after she and her husband were driving around the state. 
We've noticed Dollar Generals popping up everywhere. Danielle is a math teacher, and she approaches her curiosity systematically. She says growing up in Vermont, she was bombarded by what she jokingly calls propaganda about the importance of local stores. And she's concerned that the proliferation of Dollar Generals could erode what she and many others see as an essential part of Vermont's character. But Danielle says she can also see why Dollar General thrives here. I get why someone would go there because things are cheaper. So if you're trying to stretch a dollar, which a lot of people in Vermont are doing, that's where you would go to get certain items. Essentially, Danielle wants the answer to a fairly straightforward question. Why does Vermont allow so many Dollar Generals? From Vermont Public Radio, this is Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. And I'm Liam Elder Connors. Here on the show, we answer questions about Vermont that have been submitted and voted on by you, our audience. Because we want to make our journalism more inclusive, more transparent, and more fun. Danielle Dragalis is the latest winner of a public voting round, where you tell us which question you want us to answer. Things that I always grew up thinking were important to Vermont, like by local. It's just funny to see all these Dollar Generals just pop up in spite of that. When they first hit rural Vermont, it took us everybody off guard. So do you come here a lot? Yes, all the time. Today, a question about dollar stores turns out to be a question about how much say Vermont towns really have over who does business where. I don't believe that these developers generally are acting in any shady way. I don't think there's really a mechanism for local people to say, well, we want this store and not that store. We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. Dollar General opened its first store in Vermont in 2006. Today, like we said, there are 37 scattered across the state. If you look at a Google map, you can see these sort of clusters around Barrie and Rutland, and then there are outposts in smaller towns like Fairley and Arlington. Back in 2011, Dollar General proposed a location in the town of Chester in Windsor County, Population roughly 3,000, a historic village with local businesses lined up along a town green. What was your reaction when you heard there was a Dollar General proposed for Chester? Uh, It was negative immediately. Claudio Velis is an architect based in Chester. He was on the planning commission when the Dollar General was proposed. And he says he was concerned about how the store was going to look. There's a reason they're called big box stores. They're not known as... Uh, New England Victorian stores. They're known as big box stores. They're effectively very, very inexpensively built aircraft hangars. This was going to be more of a small box store, about 9,000 square feet. And it was going to be a little bit down the road from the village center. But Claudio Velas says there was another concern. The economic impact or the commercial impact on a community 
So the main thought from customers' point of views and small businesses is that the big corporate collaborates coming into town is bad for business and bad for the view of the small business town in Vermont. Sean Blair owns the Southern Pie Cafe right in the heart of the village. He was just getting his business started when this was going on. Across town, over near the railroad tracks and the depot, there were worries about a more long-standing local business, Lee Size Chester Market, a grocery store. At first, we were very nervous. Another full-line grocery store coming to a rural, Vermont, rural village like Chester, 3,000 people. I said, oh my God, we're going to be, we didn't know if we we're going to make it. This is co-owner Lonnie Lee Sai. Lee Sai's market has been in his family for 95 years. His brothers run locations in Bellows Falls and Alstead, New Hampshire. Not that I was anti-people coming in. Anybody can have a business, they can build a business in a community. I'm a, I believe in capitalism, it works. And so I understood they had all the rights in the world to come to Chester. I thought it would be great to bring it in. There was definitely support for the idea. Alicia McGuire was pro. Just because it's closer for me, I didn't have to travel to Springfield, and it brings business to the community. At this point, the story of Chester is probably sounding familiar to you. A small Vermont town grapples with a proposed development by a national corporation. And to Danielle's question about the proliferation of Dollar Generals here, we think Chester's story holds a lot of answers. For example, why would a company that does billions of dollars in revenue even be interested in such a sleepy, out-of-the-way town? Good morning. My name is Sia, and I will be the conference operator today. Dollar General is not a business that just so happens to be really popular in Vermont. We're talking about a company with an aggressive growth strategy. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Dollar General third quarter 2019 earnings conference call. On an earnings call last month, CEO Todd Vezos touted the company's strong finances. Net sales increased 8.9% to $7 billion, compared to net sales of $6.4 billion in the third quarter of 2018. Dollar General hit a big milestone during the third quarter. They opened their 16,000th store. Growth is a key part of Dollar General's corporate strategy. According to the company's 2018 annual report, they've opened an average of 1,000 stores annually over the last three years. Most stores are small. They average about 7,400 square feet and are designed to be, quote, low-cost, no-frills buildings. Stores also tend to have small staff, between 6 and 10 people, according to Director of Public Relations Crystal Gassimi. We asked Gassimi to answer Danielle's question. This is her question. This is the exact wording. Why does Vermont allow so many dollar generals? How would you answer that? I think it's important for us to understand that for Dollar General, we keep the customer at the center of everything that we do. And then as we're looking for where we can add additional locations, keeping their needs is really where we're squarely focused. So, not a direct answer, but her implication is that more Dollar General stores are good for their customers. The majority of Dollar General stores are in small towns. According to the 2018 annual report, 75% are located in communities with 20,000 or fewer people. What we often see Dollar General in particular do is that they'll go into a very small town. Stacy Mitchell is the co-director of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, a national advocacy group. 
She's also the author of a book called Big Box Swindle, The True Cost of Mega Retailers and the Fight for America's Independent Businesses. And we often see Dollar General open across the street or next door to that local grocery store. They take away uh, typically around 25% of the sales of that local grocery store. And so we've seen just countless local grocery stores disappear in small towns. We talked to Mitchell over Skype. Her organization is an outspoken critic of Dollar General and similar chains for what it calls, quote, predatory development practices. What we're seeing in our research is that the communities and the populations most harmed by the destructive effects of these stores are often low-income people. Dollar stores have negative impacts on employment and on, on wages, particularly for retail workers. We see the addition of each new Dollar General store in communities as a positive one. Crystal Gassimi of Dollar General takes issue with this criticism. We are creating local new jobs in each of these communities. And when we ask her if Dollar General specifically targets lower-income areas for development, she said... Absolutely not. But in its annual report, the company says its core customers are, quote, low- and fixed-income households. And in that quarterly earnings call, CEO Todd Vezos describes their target customer as being, quote, always a little stretched. Our, our core consumer, we see her uh, about where we have the last couple quarters. Uh, she still has a little bit of extra money in her pocket, uh, continues to um, uh, be employed at a, at a pretty high rate. But always remember, our core customer is always a little stretched. Now, Danielle's question is about why there are so many Dollar Generals in Vermont, not whether the stores are helping or hurting communities. But regardless, Stacy Mitchell from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance says Dollar Store's ambitious growth can take communities by surprise. Because they are a fairly small footprint, they have kind of come in under the radar and have been allowed to sort of proliferate without people noticing and without really going through a thoughtful process of asking, is this an appropriate use? Is this beneficial to the community on a case-by-case basis? When they first hit rural Vermont, it took us everybody off guard, I think maybe five years ago. Again, Lonnie Lisai, the owner of the local grocery store in Chester. When Dollar General proposed a store here in 2011, the town had a median income of about $33,000 a year. And here in Chester, the question of whether Dollar General could build a store took four years to answer. Some quick background, in case you're not a land use buff. In any Vermont community, there are a couple boxes that a proposal like this might need to check. If there's local zoning, the project has to be in compliance with it. If the project triggers Act 250, it needs an Act 250 permit. And Act 250 says the project has to adhere to the community's town plan. Got it? The town plan is extremely important under Act 250 because one of the Act 250 criteria is conformance to the town plan. Uh, I'm Jim Dumont. And I practice law. My office is in Bristol. Okay, Jim, not James, for the story? Whatever. Okay. Act 250, of course, is Vermont's land use and development law. If the land is already subject to Act 250, then any change to the land use will trigger an Act 250 amendment process. And that was true in Chester. But generally, a commercial development that's not 10 acres is going to be exempt. So this Dollar General proposal in Chester was subject to both Act 250 and local zoning. And it got approval on both fronts. It looked like smooth sailing for the project. 
until a group of Chester residents came together to try to overturn both decisions. They hired attorney Jim Dumont to represent them. Personally, I'm not anti-Dollar General. This has nothing to do with whether it's a Dollar General. It's what do we want our town to look like? So there was a, a legal tug of war there. The architect Claudio Vellis, whom we met earlier, was a member of the opposition, as it were. What did you feel like the strongest argument you made was? Well, the strongest argument that was allowed in the courts was architectural. The incompatibility of that building. For example, the fact that the design had some inauthentic features. The cupola on top has no function. It doesn't air out the space. It's simply cosmetic. There are no examples whatsoever in all of Chester of any fake features. They also made arguments about floodways and traffic, but attorney Jim Dumont says their main message was that a Dollar General would not, in fact, adhere to Chester's zoning. All construction of new buildings must, quote, adhere harmoniously to the overall New England architectural appearance, which gives the center of Chester its distinct regional character and appeal. In my view, the largest uh, complaint that people had, uh, frankly, was that there was going to be a Dollar General in Chester altogether. This is another attorney, Alan Biederman, talking to us on Skype. Biederman represented the developer for Dollar General, a company called Zaremba Group. So that was handled as what's called an aesthetics decision, meaning that the project as proposed doesn't fit the character of the town or the area in the town where it's being located. Biederman remembers the other arguments about floodways and so forth. On aesthetics, he says Zaremba Group did make some changes to the design of the proposed Dollar General. There were aesthetic changes made to put shutters up and and to make it look more barn-like. Some people didn't like those changes. After multiple appeals, the case ended up in the Vermont Supreme Court. We'll get back to Chester in a minute. But first, to understand why there are so many Dollar General stores in Vermont, we need to take a brief detour into the world of zoning. Why why should people care about zoning in a town? Why does it matter? Zoning really directs your land use vision in your community. Karen Horn is director of policy and advocacy at the Vermont League of Cities and Towns. She says when it comes to zoning, town by town, the regulations run the gamut. Take Waitsfield. It's on one end of the spectrum with strong zoning bylaws. Their regulations stretch for 116 pages with provisions about the, quote, adaptive reuse of historic barns, keeping the rural and scenic character of the Route 100 corridor, and what kind of signs you can put up in town. But some towns have weak or vague regulations, and other towns don't have any zoning bylaws at all. I generally say to towns, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you don't have any kind of bylaw in place. You're leaving all those decisions up to whoever decides to come and develop in your community. But while zoning regulations help direct the aesthetics of a community, there's little they can say about the kind of businesses that come in. If a project meets the zoning requirements, the town can't discriminate. You can't say no Dollar General. You can't say no Walmart. As a matter of fact, another fight that we had years ago is you can't say no, I don't know what they're called, um, 
sex shop, you know, those, what are they called? I mean, adult entertainment yeah, stores. Adult yeah, adult entertainment stores. You can't, you can't say no to something like that. Act 250 does limit some of the bigger stores from coming in. But Dollar General stores are usually smaller developments. Dollar General and other developers have gotten good at figuring out how to keep their projects below the Act 250 thresholds. That's according to Greg Bobel, the general counsel at the State Natural Resources Board. Those are the jurisdictional triggers, and they were developed by the legislature many, many, many years ago. So no, I I don't believe that these developers generally are acting in any shady way. It's just the way the law was written. And even when a project, say a Dollar General, does need Act 250 approval, communities often come to find out that their town plans are more aspirational than anything else. Here's Jim Dumont again. He helped oppose the Dollar General in Chester. Town plans speak in terms of our goal is this, our goal is that. Well, that's very nice, but if you want your town plan and the wishes of your community to mean something under Act 250, it can't be a vision statement. It has to have specific, concrete standards. Very few town plans do. And yes, local zoning can be more limiting, but it can still leave an opening. A lot of folks I've worked with have been shocked. They've said, for example, in Chester, we have some really good language in our zoning, really good language in our town plan, and it turned out the court said it wasn't good enough. That's right. The opponents of Dollar General in Chester, who took their case all the way to the Vermont Supreme Court, they lost. Claudio Vellis. The language was too vague. You either have the ordinances in place before all this happens, or you lose. It's that, it really is that simple. But Alan Biederman, who represented the developer, says it's tricky. Say you set a size limit for a new building of 10,000 square feet. That means it can be 9,900 square feet. So do you then say, okay, well, we really mean 5,000 square feet. Well, do you want buildings that are 4,990 square feet? Chester did adopt a 5,000-square-foot limit after the Dollar General came in. But Alan Biederman says there's another answer to Danielle's question. In his experience, when there's local opposition, big corporations can often afford to push their projects through. By the time you're going to the Supreme Court, you've already knocked out anyone who didn't have an abundance of money. And so what you wind up with is that most development is going to be done by multi-state and multinational entities. As for the opposition's attorney, Jim Dumont, he went on to work with other towns fighting Dollar General developments. Chester, Ferrisburg, Jericho, and um, Hardwick. And so so for you, it's four communities that you've worked with? Yes. And of those four, how many now have... Dollar Generals. All four. The Chester Dollar General has been here for about three years now. I go to the store on a Thursday afternoon. There's a steady churn of shoppers buying this and that. Mind if I ask you what you're up to today, what you're looking for? No, you can do that. Okay. What have you got? Uh, just getting mailers, send stuff out. Got a gentleman who left a hat at a house I cleaned, so got to send that out and ornaments for the kiddos to color. This is where I met Alicia McGuire. We heard her voice at the very top of the episode. She was in support of this store. So do you come here a lot? Yes, yes, all the time. Normally twice a day, I swear to God. What are your go-to like staples that you get here? Uh, Toys, water, and 
clothing mainly are the main things that I come and get in arts and crafts because I have a good selection. Do you come here a lot? We do actually, quite a bit. It's where we try to do all of our shopping because it's closer. Dylan Coburn works for Ludlow Ambulance and Chester Ambulance. He's here to get something for his secret Santa on the Ludlow crew. He's holding some muffin tins. Apparently that's what he wanted and uh, some muffin mix, so satisfy all of his muffin needs. Coburn wasn't around during the fight over this store, but he knows about it. And he thinks things worked out for the best. Uh, I mean, look at how many people shop here, and I don't think really anybody has anything bad to say about it now. So you feel like it's a positive for town? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I do go there. I'm going to be the first to admit that I do go there, but do I support that coming into the town? No. Scott Blair is another voice we heard earlier. He owns the Southern Pie Cafe in Chester's Village. Convenience-wise, it's there. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you'll confess, you go there. What do you get there? Just small things, just like toiletries and items and whatnot. So rather than going to New Hampshire or going to Rutland or a big city. Yeah, so as you can see, everyone's happy about the place. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be here shopping. Back in Johnson, I heard a similar sentiment about the town's dollar general from Pat Douglas, whom we met earlier. You know, everyone here in town, especially here in town, no one's rich. You know, and if we can save $40 a week, that's a lot of money to an ordinary Joel that works 40, 50 hours a week and makes $14 an hour, so. Do you think that some of the people that don't like, that like dollar generals don't really? I think they got a little more money. That's what I think. please. So what happened to Lisa's Chester Market, okay. the local grocery store? Turns out, for now, they're doing okay. Lonnie Lisa says once they knew Dollar General was coming, they started strategizing. Well, basically, we figure out what their strength is, and it's groceries. There's no way we could compete head-to-head with groceries. And so I sat down with my staff, and we started looking at the produce, the dairy, the meat, the deli, uh, anything fresh that Dollar General doesn't carry. Then this is all new here. Unfortunately, you're a little, we're a little early. Lisa gives me a tour of a store to show off everything they've improved and changed in response to the Dollar General. There are prepared foods ready for today's lunch crowd. We have a steak tip, stuffed shells, pork egg rolls, spicy kielbasa pasta. And the market now sells organic produce. Lonnie Lisai is particularly proud of the fresh meat and the wine and beer selection. We really increased our beer and wine sales by making it look attractive. Lisai says sales did take a hit when Dollar General arrived. They went down 10%. Now they're a bit higher, but still down 5%. Which is good. It's very good. So we're climbing back up. This past three, four, five months, we're almost even. And he hasn't had to fire anyone though he did stop hiring part-time high schoolers for a while. All right, I'm going to introduce you to somebody. There are 25 people who and work here. In fact, one of Lisa's employees came from the Dollar General. Shana Robinson is cooking crab rangoon egg rolls in the back kitchen. Yeah, but anyway. the boss, best boss I've ever had. Well, yeah. like, okay, I've, got, I've got three kids, and, you know, he lets me work mom hours, and it makes my life a lot easier than any other job I've had. Robinson makes $15 an hour working for Lonnie Lisai. She says Dollar General had paid her minimum wage. When we asked the company what they pay their employees, PR director Crystal Gassimi wouldn't give specifics. 
At Dollar General, we provide all of our employees with competitive wages, benefits, and the opportunity to grow a career at Dollar General. And when we asked to talk to a current employee of the Chester Dollar General, the company wouldn't allow it. Now, Chester is just one town. But for his part, Lonnie Lisi has a theory about what's changed since the Dollar General came in. So basically what I'm thinking would happen was more and more people are staying in town now. They're not going to go to Claremont. They're not going to go to Rutland. Rather than driving elsewhere for a big shop, Lisi thinks more people are finding what they need in Chester, sometimes at the Dollar General and sometimes at his market. Once we figured this all out, it's like a mutual... It's helping each other out. And I think, I think the whole village is benefiting. More people, more cars. Perhaps an attractive environment for a buyer. This past summer, Lonnie Lisai and his wife Obi decided to sell Lisai's Chester Market. Not because of Dollar General, Lisai says, but because they want to retire. We're selling a way of life. We're not selling a investment. If people come in here, they're going to look at, okay, Lonnie, you had, you had all your five children go through college. They all worked here. Your best friends are your, some of your staff. And it's a way of life. And if you, if you recognize that, you're going to be very successful. As for Dollar General, the company has ambitions to keep growing. In the coming year, they want to open a thousand new stores. When we asked how many they're planning for Vermont, or what communities they're considering, they wouldn't say. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And thanks to Danielle Dragalis for the great question. Liam Elder Connors reported this episode with me. If you have a question about Vermont, ask it at bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can vote on the one you want us to tackle next. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public Radio. We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. You can support us in many ways. Become a sustaining member of VPR, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at BraveStateVT, or recommend our show to your pals. Our editor is Lynn McRae, and our theme music is by Ty Gibbons. Other music by Blue Dot Sessions. Our digital producer is Elodie Reed, and we have engineering support from Chris Albertine. I'm Angela Evansy. We'll be back soon. Until then, remember, be brave, ask questions. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.